Hi, and welcome back to Reflect Forward. I'm your host, Carrie Siggins, and I'm so glad you are here today. Today, my guest is a good friend, Melissa Glick. She lives here in Durango, Colorado, where I live. She is a serial entrepreneur who recently sold her business, decided to retire for 33 days, and then started a new business when she was inspired to help others. She shares her story of overcoming burnout, losing over 100 pounds, preparing to sell her company, successfully selling her company, and living a whole new life based around self-awareness, gratitude, and living her best life. I got emotional multiple times as she shared her story in this episode. It is a remarkable story, and there will not be a person who walks away thinking that they can't do something similar to what she did, because we all can change our lives if we decide to take responsibility for it, for choosing to be responsible for our lives and taking action. And she is such an inspiration as she shares how she did this. I know you're going to absolutely love, love, love this episode. Just to give a little bit more background, the company that she recently sold is called Think Network Technologies. It was a tech company based here in Durango. And her new company is a coaching company called Peak CEO. And she's going to tell all about her journey to get there. Amazing, amazing story. So hang tight and I'll be right back with Melissa. All right, everyone, I am back with Melissa Glick. Melissa, I am so, so glad you are here. As I talked about in the pre-show, Melissa is the founder of Peak CEO and other companies as well. And we're going to talk all about that today. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Thank you for having me. I know we've talked about this and it's finally happening. So I'm excited to be a guest and I'm excited to talk to you and learn more about you and share stories, things we've never talked about. So it's going to be great. It's going to be so much fun. And I love, love, love interviewing people from Durango. So it's just nice to be able to have like that hometown connection as well. Yes. (laughs) Great. All right. So before we go into why you started Peak CEO, why don't you tell us a little bit about it and what you're doing so that listeners have some context? We'll probably get into a little bit more of it later, but it just kind of fell into my lap. I sold my business in July of last year, and I was retired for a whopping 33 days before this amazing thing happened. A friend of mine invited me to this immersion program for entrepreneurs down in Phoenix, and he was bringing in, it was a three-week program, and he was bringing in mentors and venture capitalists and advisors from all over the world to help entrepreneurs, help startups understand what they're doing, understand what their gaps are, potentially provide uh, capital to them. And he asked me if I would come and participate in this event. And of course, I had immediate imposter syndrome when I saw the lineup of who was going to be attended. But I said, you know what? I would love to do this and I would love to share my story. And I went and my eyes just were wide open. I was a sponge. I was soaking all this up and I met all these entrepreneurs who were craving information. And I felt like I had something to share and I wanted to help them. And I had been living in this bubble of my own business for so long that I 
I didn't realize how much information that I had that the world needs. And I got my first client at that event and before I even started my new business. And so, yeah, retired for walking 33 days. This fell into my lap and yeah, it's a relatively new business, but I am coaching business owners now on how to grow their business in a way that's sustainable. So building a business that fuels their soul versus crushing it. And we talk a lot about business growth strategies because that's what business owners want is how do I grow? But we also spend a lot of time on mindset because I firmly believe that if you do not have a solid mindset in the foundations, it doesn't matter what business strategy you try to implement, it's not going to stick. Yep. And it also leads to burnout and stress and being unhappy, which is where you came from. So you sold your business before this just fell into your lap. And I love that. I love that story. But maybe you could talk a little bit about what your journey was like and tell us why you sold your other business and and how that led up to this. I have to retire for 33 days. (laughs) Yeah. My plan was to retire for a little bit more than 33 days, but When inspiration hits, you just kind of go with it. So I co-owned an IT solutions provider. So we're a managed service provider. We designed, implemented, maintained business solutions for small to medium-sized businesses. So all kinds of things from cloud computing, VoIP, uh, phone systems, servers, networking. Uh, We worked with companies like Stone Age, for example. So I am building this business over the course of about, I don't know, maybe 14 years in total. And at the beginning of my tenure there, so I came in when it was uh, about four years old already. And at the beginning of my time there, it was very exciting. So I was bringing my skills and my expertise and really growing the business uh, as a family business. So I And I co-owned it with my brother and he really was the visionary and the technology side. He was the engineer and I brought the business expertise, operations, sales, marketing, and it was great Uh, for years. We were really building a brand. We were, our reputation in the community was excellent. We were growing year over year, 25, 30%. We were bringing in great talent. We were establishing a culture. And then we started winning awards. It was wonderful. We got recognition, industry recognition. We got recognition from the top Colorado companies to watch, top Colorado private company, top Colorado family business. It was amazing. All this great stuff was happening. And my issue was that I didn't have a solid foundation. Okay, so going back to what we were talking about earlier, is I just never fully dealt with the reasons why I felt like unworthy in my life. I'm a hyperachiever and you probably know about all about being a hyperachiever. But as I was making all of these achievements with my business, I was like, oh, this is great because now I don't have to deal with my feelings of being like unworthy. And this stems back from like childhood feelings of 
unworthiness and not being good enough. And I have to be perfect. And so as I started getting all these achievements, I was like, I need more achievements. So not only am I going to do my best work for my business and just crush it in my business, but I'm going to start a nonprofit for professional women. I am going to sit on multiple boards. I am going to mentor people. I'm going to help everybody do all the things so that I don't feel anything. It's kind of like a drug. Mm -hmm. And did you know that you were, did you know, like you were doing that? You like, that was your coping mechanism. No, It was just focus on go, 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 go. Yeah. Ignore these past feelings and just fill up the calendar so that you don't have to really be by yourself, but not a lot of self-awareness around why. No self-awareness. I didn't even know that I was hyperachieving for a reason. I didn't even know that I was hyperachieving at all. It was just Mm -hmm. something I didn't feel good enough. Owning a small business is really hard. There's a lot of weight on a person. So I've got a lot of responsibilities. I have the responsibility of the employees, the livelihood of the employees. I've got my clients, all of the responsibility of their businesses. I have my family that I want to measure up to. I have my community that I want to measure up to. And all of this starts weighing really heavily on me and I want to perform. And so I'm just working around the clock to make that happen. But I'm feeling completely unstable. And while I'm like fueling everything with more, 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 I also start coping by eating food. And I ended up gaining a lot of weight over the course of about a five-year period because this is another one of my coping mechanisms. And it's the weight of the business, the weight on my body. I'm just losing my ability to not only be a leader, but really make sound decisions. And I'm starting to crack. Mm-hmm. And how did you know that you were starting to crack? I mean, did it show up? Did you have someone talk to you about it? Or was it just you felt your mental health was disintegrating? What was the the spark that said this something is really wrong here besides getting on the scale and seeing that you've gained a lot of weight, which is obviously a very telltale sign. But when did you know? How did you know? So it was actually during covid We were one of the first businesses at the time to shut down and go all remote because we're a technology company. We could do that. We already had the infrastructure in place to do it. And so early on, we're shutting down the office. We're working remote. And I'm starting to feel more and more isolated because I'm not leaving my home. We all were stuck in our homes at that point. And all I did was work and then watch TV. Because at that point, I'm really uncomfortable in my body. I really can't even exercise. I'm not seeing people. So I'm kind of like a recluse Mm -hmm. in my home. And I'm watching the horror of COVID unfold over the news. So it's sweeping across the world, killing all of these people. And And I remember the moment I'm just sitting on my chair watching the news and I'm terrified because 
I have all of the comorbidities that are associated with COVID mm -hmm. deaths. I'm on eight medications for obesity at that point. I've got pre-diabetes. I've got high blood pressure. I've got asthma. All of these comorbidities I'm medicated for. And these are the reasons that people are dying. And I'm not ready to die. And I'm so alone because I'm, I don't have a friend pod. Mm -hmm. I don't trust people. I'm going to be the person that gets COVID and dies. And I'm not ready for that. I have so much more that I want to do. It just kind of hit me. So the, the breakthrough is when you have an aha moment and then you take action. And I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm making a big change in my life. And so that was the exact moment that it happened. Thank you for sharing that. It just made me emotional. That is so incredibly powerful. Like I can just feel the, I'm so empathetic to that feeling of being alone and being so scared. But what an amazing thing for you to say, I can make some a different choice. I can make it, even yeah. though I'm overweight and I'm feeling the pressure of this business, like I can still make a choice. And you know, it's the premise of my book, The Ownership Mindset, is this whole idea of that you're responsible for everything that happens in your life. And when you step into that responsibility, you empower yourself to change your life. And you were such a perfect example as uh, of that. So yeah. what was your first step? We said, okay, I'm not living like this anymore. What did you do yeah. next? Yeah. So when you take ownership of something mm -hmm. like that, you realize that you can't do it on your own. I thankfully had the resources to be able to go and get help. However, I had the resources prior to that day that I had my aha moment, but I didn't have that burning desire. You know, that moment when you're like, I want this more than anything else in the world. I cannot breathe one more breath living this life. And so I had the resources. I was able to get help. And that's what I did. I had a group of people who were helping me. I saw my doctor. I got a nutritionist. I got a trainer. I got, I was in therapy. I had a team of people helping me make a huge transformation because I couldn't do it on my own. Here I was trying to be everything to everybody for so long that I forgot about myself. And all, I just was like a hawk. I was laser focused on this goal and this goal and this goal. Like, There's my prey. I am going to pounce on my prey until I get it. And it wasn't working for me. I was completely disconnected. COVID happens. I have detached. I have no community. And for me, taking ownership is community. It's having people to support me. It's having people to help me. And that is how I was able to transform my life and even make huge differences in the business was through getting support of people around me and a, a team that I built. And that's so good because I think so many people in your situation don't feel, especially feeling lonely, and they don't go out there and they don't go and start to build that support system. And to be resilient, to bounce back from anything, you have to have that support system. When I left Austin after my overdose, it was like I needed my mom and yeah. if I wouldn't have had that, there's no way I could get out of it. But I think a lot of people are afraid, they're embarrassed, ashamed, all of those things to start all to reach out and ask for help and 
So it's really powerful that you just said, that's it. This is what I need. And I'm going to go do it. I'm going to go build this team. Yeah. Yeah. And the first thing that I did, which was build the team, but I had a huge thing to tackle and it was, I couldn't think of, I have to lose a hundred pounds. That was way too big. Yeah. It was like, I need to lose one pound. (laughs) There was a treadmill that was on the garage sale Facebook page. And I was like, I'm going to buy this used treadmill and put it in my garage. And I'm going to start to walk on the treadmill because I didn't even want to walk on the street because I lived in an area where every time I'd walk down the street, I'd see people that I knew. And I felt so awful about myself. I didn't even want people to see me Mm -hmm. at that point walking. So I just started with something really small because I think when you have a big goal and you're disillusioned by it, if you focus on the goal versus the baby steps, that's when you can fail and then you just give up. Mm -hmm. Such good advice. Okay. So at this time, you're transforming your health and well-being. Did you know you wanted to sell the company? So it was probably about five years ago, five years before the sale, that my business partner, my brother and I, we decided we have to start planning our exit. And it was either we are going to partner with a company, we are going to sell the business, or we're going to get investors. And over the course of a, a couple of years, we decided that The business really needed more resources and in terms of people, in terms of money, in terms of geography, we we needed to be in more locations than just Southwest Colorado. And it was looking like an acquisition was going to be the best way for us to do that. So during COVID, when the shit hit the fan with everybody, it really solidified that was the best choice for mm-hmm. us. I think both of us were feeling like a, some level of burnout, but also that we were ready for our next chapter. And we spent several years planning for increasing the value of our business so that it was saleable at its highest value. Mm-hmm. And so we had time to prepare to do that, which I think is great. Because a lot of times when people decide they want to sell their business because they're burned out, they don't have time to prepare and they lose value. They leave money on the table. So we had plenty of time to prepare. And thankfully, by the time we were ready to actually go through a sale, I had this big transformation. I had lost a bunch of weight. I had a really solid foundation because I learned about myself and I realized that I wasn't going to be any kind of an effective leader in the state that I was at until I focused on myself first, really understood what was important to me and what my North Star was. And I was able to do that. And then we were approached by this buyer. And so it all kind of, it turned out for the best, because I don't know that I could have led this company through that kind of a transition on shaky ground. Yeah, that's amazing. So 
In terms of learning about yourself and starting to figure out why you were using these coping mechanisms of food, like what did you do? How did you start to dive into that? Was that working with a therapist? Like how did you learn about yourself? Yeah. So I did have a therapist for a long time and I started working on the root causes of why I behaved the way that I did. And I realized that it was because of some childhood trauma of that caused me to feel like I wasn't good enough the way that I was like I wasn't worthy and so it didn't matter what people told me or what accomplishments I had if I didn't feel it in my heart that I was good enough none of it mattered and it felt the only way that I could the only way that I could cope with it was by numbing myself out and so that so looking at the root cause of that and figuring that out was really pivotal. And then I had to work on it because my brain has now been programmed for 40 plus years to be thinking, Melissa, you're not good enough. And that is a really hard thing to do to reprogram your brain. And this is what I help people with because I think people are unaware about how complicated our brains are. You know, you've got a conscious mind and then you've got your unconscious mind. And the unconscious mind is the part of your mind that runs in the background. And it leads to how you truly feel about yourself. And for me, I was a victim of my circumstances. I felt shame. I felt like I need to be perfect to cover up, up all of the shame and the the worthlessness that I was feeling. And so I had to reprogram the operating system of my mind. And it requires a lot of reflection and self-awareness and work and consistency uh, with how you're thinking in order to do that. I'm sure this resonates with so many people who are listening. You know, is there one thing that you're like, I really did this and it helped me with that reprogramming? Yeah, so... I saw myself how I wanted my life to look like. So I would, yeah. What what did you say? Visualization. Yeah. But it's actually more than visualization for me because visualization is you see it, Mm -hmm. but I had to feel it. I had to see it and I had to feel it. So it was like, what do I look like? What activities am I going to be able to do? What adventures am I going to go on? And then how does it feel like when it's actually happening? Because if I feel it in my bones, I then it it's more than just seeing. I think this is a problem with when we start talking about manifestation mm-hmm. or visualization mm-hmm. is people are like, oh, it's not working for me. Mm-hmm. I made a vision board. It's not working for me. It's because you're just looking at it. You are not interpreting it. You're not feeling it. I wanted this change. I wanted it so bad that I felt in my body what it was going to be like to be what I am today three years ago. So that's how I think I was really able to start to reprogram. Yeah, Uh, that's so powerful. I'm so glad you said that because you're totally right. Like the way that you change your life isn't by just imagining it, but your body's living in the present. It does not understand past and future. It's just right now. So if you can start to feel 
what you want to be like right now, your body is like, oh, this is happening. And it's such a powerful way to manifest. But yeah, yeah. most people do not understand the importance of that whole present moment. And you can live your future in the present moment if you feel it so deeply. Yeah. Taking control of your thoughts and your decisions and your actions mm -hmm. allows you to be making better choices. Yep. And having more control over what happens in your life. And the thing about successful people is whether they know it or not, that they've figured out how to influence their subconscious mind. Yep. Nope. I completely agree with you. So now let's talk a little bit about how this is translating into your leadership at Think and getting ready for this transition to sell the company. Yeah. So now that I have a solid foundation and I realize that I can't do everything on my own, I think this is a problem for a lot of business owners is they or CEOs, is they're just like, I have to do everything, control everything, because I do it the best, and it's just better if I do it. And this is my way of thinking for a very long time. And now I'm realizing how much I need support and how much I need a community and how much I need my team. And we had a great team at the company. We had 20 employees, but I still had so much control. My brother still had so much control. And so we made some really important pivots in the company in the three or so years prior to the exit. We really divided up the company into three different departments. We had three different department heads, directors leading those departments. So it was a huge uh, way of empowering people within the company. I think... As a leader of a company, if you have too much control, that's the number one reason that you're going to get burned out. And so delegating was very helpful in that moment. We automated a lot of processes and streamlined things. And then we really looked at our profit centers. So thinking that this is a business that we want to try and build to its highest value, so it's most attractive for a potential acquisition, we had to look at what are the areas, what are the buckets of revenue that we really want to focus on instead of being so diverse in our different revenue streams. Let's focus on our profit centers. Let's focus on the streams of revenue that are most valuable. And that was monthly reoccurring revenue. And so we really put all of our focus in on that. And now that we have these directors who are empowered to do their roles, it was so much easier to maintain focus and to know what our path was and to stay clear on our path. And I truly think that having the ability to step aside as a leader, relinquish some control, uh, we were able to build the company up, make it attractive and um, have a successful exit. That's so good. Delegation is the key. And was that hard for you? Like, how oh. did you start to let stuff go? <laughs> yeah, it was really hard. Hard for both of us, for yeah. myself and my brother. I think you, through documentation and training, you have to do a brain dump of everything in your head, and then you have to teach it to your people, and then you have to be okay that they're going to 
take it and then they're going to interpret it and do it the way that works for them. And you have to be okay with that. And these are people that we trusted. They've been with us for a long time. They were very capable. They were very smart. They were very good at their jobs. They wouldn't have even been there if they weren't all of those things. It's very hard, but I'm coming from a place of, hey, I tried this on my own, right? In my personal life, in my business life, it didn't work for me. So there has to be a better way. And yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a risk, but if you want big results, you have to stop thinking small. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. I love it. And what about your brother? Were you two like in sync this whole time yes. and all this? So, I mean, that's we pretty amazing. Sync. That's pretty amazing to do that with your brother. <laughs> I know. I know. And it's so funny because we have come full circle. I mean, this is a guy who drove me bananas when we were <laughs> younger. He would sneak into my room when he wasn't allowed. He would bother me and my friends. He would take the heads off my Barbie dolls. <laughs> You know, he's my annoying brother to, we grow into this amazing business partnership. And I mean, it wasn't perfect. We definitely had our fights along the way, but in building the business and in relinquishing this control and empowering our directors, we were totally united and it was hard for him too. It really was hard for him. I mean, we weren't perfect along the way. I know you talk a lot about this. Oh my God, have I made mistakes. Mm -hmm. I just, you know, I'm sorry for all the mistakes that I've made because I'm learning too. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's hard. The thing about being a business owner or a CEO or a leader of any kind is you signed up for a journey that is unpredictable. Yep. It is like riding a roller coaster at midnight. You have no idea what is coming around the bend and the thrill of it, you know, all the twists and turns, like that's exciting. And that's where the opportunity is, but you're on the ride. You got to go. And I feel like the lessons and the growth that I experienced and all the resilience that I built creates the story, the story of my company, the exit, how I was retired for 33 days and now I have this new company and I don't want to give it up. I'm not going to take it back for anything sitting here today because of the crazy roller coaster. Yeah. What an amazing transformation. I mean, to look back five years ago when you started the process of, okay, we want to sell this business and, you know, your coping mechanisms and dealing with your weight issues to where you are now, it's just such a remarkable transformation. And I think it goes to show people that anybody can do it if you decide to take responsibility and take that ownership of I'm changing ownership. my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, ownership. I got myself into that space for many reasons we talked about. Mm -hmm. And I'm the only person that's going to get me out yep. of it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's a beautiful story. So now let's talk about how that translates into your coaching practice. Yeah. So you did not sell your business to become a coach. You got inspired to do it. So tell us a little bit about what your vision is, what your goal is with this new business and how you work with your clients. Yeah. So I have this personal experience and I love talking about it. I love sharing it. It's vulnerable. I think people can relate to it, especially business owners and 
I didn't know that I was a hyperachiever. I didn't know that I was filling all these voids in my life through doing more, 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 more at the time. Now, of course, I know it. And it's because I, I reverse engineered like all this success that I had. I went back and I started thinking, how was I able to do all this? And how can I break it down almost into a formula so I can share it with other people? And that's what my coaching practice is, is starting with mindset and then moving into business strategies, but really boiling it down into developing a solid foundation. And these are things that worked for me based on my experience in success, losing the weight, learning about myself, overcoming these limiting beliefs that I had that just held me back for so long. It is crazy that I have accomplished all this stuff. I built a business. I sold a business. I've done all this stuff. I have a great resume. And here I am. I'm turning 50 in March. And I have never felt better physically. I have never felt better mentally. And I'm just freaking getting started. I might have all this cool stuff that I've done, but I am like a newborn kid. I am just ready to go like, hello world. And I have all this energy and people are like, help me. I want some of this. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want to do. I want to help people. Yeah, I love it. It's such a fantastic story. What is the most interesting thing that you've learned about yourself as you started the coaching practice? Okay, so this is this is interesting. The coolest thing I've learned about myself throughout this whole process, through the weight loss, through coaching business, through all the tools and the techniques that I've learned on how to transform your life, the coolest thing that I learned about myself is that I'm an athlete. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I just, I I, I never thought that I was, you know, I, I'm not really that great at any sport in particular. I always watched from the sidelines. And when I started my weight loss transformation and my weight loss journey, working out was a big part of it. And I discovered that I really liked it. It made me feel good. And then I even started to develop some hobbies around sports. And my favorite thing to do right now is dance. I've taken up Latin dancing. (laughs) I know it's just so crazy because I never would have thought that I would train as an athlete, but I do. I train in dance. And now I can say that I'm a dancer and I can say that I'm an athlete. And this blows my mind because what it a hundred pounds heavier, like I couldn't even walk for five minutes on my treadmill at three miles an hour. It hurt my legs. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the biggest thing that I learned about myself. Oh my gosh, seriously. I could just like leap through and give you a hug right now. You know, there is an inner athlete in all of us. We just have to find what calls to us. And yeah. I'm so glad you found dance. That's amazing. Yeah. I know. I love it. It's, I highly recommend learning how to dance and getting into dance. It's like everything you could have ever wanted. It's intimate. 
it's partner dance. So you're, it's a community, it's fun, it's musicality, it's culture, yes. it's entertainment, it's exercise. And then best of all is we gather to dance and it has nothing to do with eating or drinking. It's yes. just people getting together because they love to do something and have fun. And for me, that's really healthy. Yeah, I love it. I love it. You're such an inspiring story. Okay, final question before we wrap things up. The name of this podcast is Reflect Forward. It obviously has very big meanings for me, and I think it probably does for you too. What does Reflect Forward mean to you? So I think Reflect Forward is a really good way of defining what your goals are. I think in order to fully set the right goal is you have to know not only where you're going, but you have to know where you are today. And I think that's a problem with a lot of people. They don't fully know where they are today. They don't know what their core values are. They don't know what their vision is for their life. They don't have a true North Star. They don't know their why or their purpose. And when you don't have a good understanding of where you are today, then how do you know what path to go on? Like you don't have any clear direction. And we, did, we talked about it. Your actions shape your reality. And if you want something, you have to align your actions with your goals. So I think reflecting forward is looking at your goals and figuring out what kind of life you want to live. Yep. You're so right. I love that answer. All right. So how can people find you if they wanted to work with you? They wanted to learn more about your story. How do they find you? Yeah, I would love to meet anybody who thinks that I can help them because that will make me feel great. And by sharing my story, I can help people make life changing moments on their journey. So I'm. you can find me on pretty much all the platforms, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Melissa Glick, or you can find me at thepeakceo.com, P-E-A-K, thepeakceo.com. And I'm here, based here in Durango. I am also in Phoenix, Arizona. I live dually. So in, if you're in either location, hit me up. But most of the time I work with people virtually, remotely. So I really can talk to and work with anybody from wherever. Perfect. Well, I will include all that in the show notes. And Melissa, thank you for coming on and sharing this story. It is seriously inspiring. You made me emotional several times. I think Thanks. it's going to be transformational for people who listen and really courageous for you to come on and talk about this. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been so nice talking to you. And I'm looking forward to more talks down the road in person, a podcast, yes. or whatever. But this has been great. And I was very nervous. And you told me it would be just like a conversation and it really was. So thank you for just you. Yeah. Well, thank you. You did a great job. No one would have ever known you're nervous. <laughs> uh, all right. Hang tight, everybody. I'll be right back. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I'm sure you had a tear in your eye. I know I had multiple times that she was talking about feeling unworthy and how lonely she was in those days of COVID. It brings back a lot of memories about just how hard that time was. And I think sometimes we underestimate or don't appreciate how difficult it was for certain people. So it's a good reminder to always be compassionate because you never know what other people are going through. 
Okay, with that, I will leave you for your day. If you like this podcast, please write a review, subscribe to it, share it with a friend. It always helps with the algorithms and I so appreciate it. And don't forget to go buy my book, The Ownership Mindset. You can find it on Amazon. Just search Carrie Siggins, The Ownership Mindset. I so would appreciate it if you would support the insane amount of work that it took to write and launch a book. I'm so excited to share it with the world and I cannot wait to hear what you think of it. All right, thanks everyone. See you next week. Oh, 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 oh,